Hello and welcome to Garage Night. I'm Randy. I'm Jeff. And I'm Andy. And tonight we have a few news stories for you. And Randy has a nifty little Porsche quiz for us. Let's get right into it. There's there's some neat stuff that isn't necessarily news. Um, like not breaking news, but there's some been some uh, fun, fun articles that have come across lately. Uh, like with the new Raptor. There's so much buzz about that versus the, uh, that, what is that? Whatever that Dodge is that I guess makes a bunch of power. The no TRX. Deal. No big deal. The T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that you got a Hellcat engine? Still still a Dodge. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically a Hellcat engine. So yeah. uh, there are still other players in that segment that are worth talking about. And for Ford, there's always, you know, the two there's, the Shelby, which uh, they just came out with that crazy F-250. Um, but they finally uh, showed their hand at the uh, 2021 uh, Raptor fighter, basically, uh, in the Roush F-150. Yeah, I, I saw the pictures of the new Roush, and I, I got to say, I was expecting more uh, from Roush. I would have thought that we would see a little bit more of an extreme makeover, but it kind of looks like a Raptor with Roush badging. <laughs> but You're not the wrong. Power bump, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. The power bump is now optional. And what's the price of that option for a little bit more power? I don't know. Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. So the Roush package is just short of $17,000, but that's not including the, the blower that should be coming later on. So it, it's, it's about 17 grand. It's an extra 325 for um, a side graphic on it, but they haven't uh, announced um, all of the information on the upcoming blower that would go on it and knowing knowing roush putting a blower on the five liter we can expect some numbers that could be you know anywhere within 50 horsepower of the uh the upcoming raptor um i mean you could see it higher or lower they could have stage one two and three like they have for the mustang um who knows what they're really going to offer but i would expect it to be another five to seven grand just based on Mustang pricing. Typically. Yeah. Blower set up. I mean, Roush is typically, you know, they're known for doing like a, you know, uh, like a phase, uh, you know, a stage one, two, three. And then on top of that, doing phase one, two, and three calibrations and within those, even on newer stuff. So that could be, you know, the stage three, phase three could easily be an 800 horse truck. So, so for all of this extra money you pay for this Roush treatment, it sounds like you get a nice fancy new grill with some auxiliary lighting, uh, some fender flares. You get an optional graphic, like you were saying, for three twenty-five. You get a modest uh, two-inch lift um, with some Fox uh, suspension, which is, you know, that's nice. Um, you'll get some thirty-three-inch General Grabber ATX all-terrains, which, I mean, General Grabber is about the cheapest off-road tire you can buy and probably one of the worst um so that's nice that they really went all out on that um and uh yeah so some weather tech uh pedals or some weather tech floor liners and some roush pedals uh a special gauge cluster and uh 
uh, I guess, puddle lamps that display the Roush logo when the door is open. So, I mean, is that worth the $17,000 package? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, wouldn't be for me. Yeah, all the fun stuff isn't really included. Um, reading a little further in, so in 2018 to 2020, the 5-liter supercharger kit uh, topped out at 650 horsepower. But I bet you that wasn't six grand. Like that's gonna be that's gonna be substantially more. Not that it cost them more to to make it that way, but that people would would pay it. So yeah. I would expect uh, you know the five six grand one to to make more like five hundred, maybe five twenty five. But so that's gonna be extra. They have an upgraded uh, exhaust system, which includes like an active. Uh, basically what Andy has on his car, uh, active exhaust system, and that's $1,800. Uh, I'm sure it's all stainless steel, high quality, but I mean, when you're already paying 17 plus six for the blower plus 1800 for the exhaust, it really starts adding up. And if you want the, uh, the brake package to go with it, which if you're going to be adding that much power, you need to, that's another three grand it really starts nickel and diming you up to, you know, an astronomical number. Let's just say you get the Lariat that it's based off of for, oh, I'll be really optimistic and say you get a screaming deal, you get it for 45. Uh, then you're up no to- No options, yeah. Yeah, you're up to 60 for the, for the initial kit. And you're up to 70 uh, with, you know, to get the blower and the brakes and the exhaust. And that's I mean, a 150. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, the the Raptor that's you can get a Raptor cheaper than that, not including dealer markup, but and you yeah. also don't have to buy a truck and then send it to. I believe they still operate out of Las Vegas. Um, that's that's Shelby. Okay, but you have to send it to Roush for them to actually do the uh, uh, the work on it, and then wait for it to come back. Uh, At least your factory warranty stays intact, though, right? Uh, well, it comes with a three-year, 36,000-mile uh, warranty. So is that, they, does that replace the factory warranty, or is that through Roush, or do you know? I don't know specifically. That, that's, that would yeah. be a little beyond my, uh, my, my pay grade, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that seems, uh, it seems like you're paying a lot for a name to me. You know, and, and you know, I, I, I see, like, the trend of stuff – you know, now with like, you know, we mentioned the, the TRX now and Raptors have been around for a while and that's kind of the trend is like off-road trucks and whatnot. But like they're, what I'm surprised Roush hasn't done is go the way of the Lightning and made us more of a sport truck because that market is wide open right now. Like nobody is touching that right now. Yeah, the last, I think, real new sport truck was the... Uh... The Dodge, uh, like with the Viper engine, I don't remember what they called it, but it had yeah, the it was the SRT ten. The SRT that was 10, the same. That was, it, yeah. that was the same time frame as the Gen two Lightning, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and those those I think just kind of died out. I mean, they're I yeah, they kind of just they kind of just died out. I mean, Celine did a truck years back too, and then the that's Harley probably Davidson. the newest thing. The Harley, yeah, the Harley, but it's, the new Harley is not even supercharged. Yeah. The, the the Harley in the early 2000s was. 
yeah. it's just not a proper use of the vehicle is is what right. it is to me it's no different as awesome as it would be you're not gonna see uh srt come out with a a, a rally sport mustang as i like that would be really cool but it's not it's not what it's for right? yeah i think it would be a hard sell to like the market the market for a two-wheel drive a high high horsepower truck seems a little bit smaller than four-wheel drive you know you you'll you lose a lot of the audience i think when you just limit it to two-wheel drive and low ground clearance you know and it yeah especially in the most recent years with off-roading becoming a lot more popular and accessible to people because i mean vehicles like the bronco and jeep are coming out that are a lot more capable and people can literally go buy a new you know rubicon or a new uh badlands and go out and do some serious wheeling you know with yeah, a warranty not a penalty box anymore it used right. to be those those were available but they were awful to own and drive that but that's like, what i'm saying yeah is they're not you, you don't have the trade-off anymore talking to dan and having ridden in his it's like his new wrangler is completely civilized like it still has some like very specific purposeful quote-unquote rough edges but even the rough edges are rough by design sort of a thing not mm -hmm. not because oh the budget's not there or oh we can't make it work that way it's like no no this is what you want mm -hmm. you know you don't want it to be uh completely curvature inside you know design like the interior looks trucky and utilitarian because that's what people want yeah it's like the the bronco and the jeep are meant to be hosed out with your garden hose or something when they're done they're kind of hard wearing surfaces meant to be uh meant to be you know have gopro mounts and grab bars and but even auxiliary even that said you can touch all the touch points in the new ones mm -hmm. feel really good like nothing feels junky we we kind of privately talked about uh vehicle interiors uh between ourselves and one one thing i mentioned is you know don't don't come to me talking about bad interiors i own a 2005 ranger <laughs> when you close that, the door and the door panel rips off in your hand and you're like that, you look yeah, at randy like you. <laughs> it did i was like randy and he's like oh that's that's just that that, that just happens mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's and it's it just all feels bad and the fit and finish is bad nothing fits right like the older I get, the more I'm like, come on, guys, you could have done better than this. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, nothing feels good to touch. Like, things flex when they shouldn't and mm -hmm. don't flex when they should. And But you, it always used to be, well, that that's a truck, you know? Oh, well, you're buying a truck. That's how it's going to be. It's going to ride rough. It's going to have a bad interior. It's not going to be stylish. It's not going to have – I've got roll-up windows and manual locks, like – and everyone's like, oh, no, that's just what trucks do. But they don't have to anymore. Yeah. Like, even though these trucks, new trucks can be hosed out and they say that, um, you also can have a leather wrapped steering wheel and you can have <laughs> soft touch plastic because I like a leather steering wheel. You're going to get better grip on it. Uh, it's not going to get, you know, when the those rubber steering wheels in the in the heat out in, let's deteriorate. say, let's say like the desert, like Moab. Yeah yeah they get hot and then like they kind of leave this residue on your hand it's gross it doesn't need to be like that it can work better and feel better or you come out of your shop and you have a little bit of uh, oil residue and then the plastic degrades or the uh, 
foam degrades over time and starts flaking apart. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no need for that anymore. Yeah, yeah. But the the price, the value is just not there. I mean, last no. last year the uh, the Raptor, the Roush upgrade to the Raptor was a thirteen thousand dollar upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, the Raptor was fifty grand. Like, th- so this is kind of going to be on par for that with our guesstimates of pricing, but is it really worth what you're getting over, over the Raptor? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if it came with the blower on it, I could, I could see it being a contender. It, it will for 70, but still. I mean, that's uh, the Roush is kind of for people who don't like the EcoBoost, it seems like, and like the it's name Roush. Me. <laughs> yeah. You, I get you. Yeah, this I guess this Roush F one fifty supercharged would be your V eight Raptor. That's kind of yeah. right, right, yeah. and that and that's where you're gonna you're gonna get the penny, the pretty penny for it is. Yeah, it's... you're paying. You're okay. I'm gonna destroy my own argument here in a second, but you're paying <laughs> you're paying five to seven grand by our, by our estimates, literally just for a different exhaust note and a different power curve, a worse power curve. I will I will say. Yep. Um, but I mean, I guess you get instant power from the supercharger versus the turbos lagging. I don't know. You're really, really, uh, pushing it there, but some people still want the V8 myself included, yeah, but, uh, but to, to what cost, like, I guess yeah, to that, to that cost point, it's, it's, it's a bit much. If you're spending $65,000 on a gussied up quote unquote off-road truck that you're just going to take to the mall. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you're not guess, wrong. If you're paying 65, you'll pay 70 if you want the V8. Just to and have and keep in mind, it's an NA V8. I mean, like we were saying, so it's like nothing really that special or techie. Whereas you got the EcoBoost, which has twin turbos, intercooled, and gobs of torque down low anywhere you need it. I mean, wait, wait, who am I? Who am I? Yeah, but it's got turbos. It's got that direct injection. There's a lot more to go wrong with that. It's all that new technology. Simple, naturally aspirated. They should have just put a carb on it. If they they put a carb on it, I would be all right with it. Let's just say that. (laughs) You you know what you should do is just put an old school push rod, five liter, and a focus. Ooh. Hey. That would be a great idea. That's something to talk about. (laughs) Um. Before before we move off of this, uh, Andy, I'm I'm gonna have you answer this first, and Jeff has to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Do you think if they offered a 351 carbureted Cleveland engine factory swap for the new Bronco, do you think Jeff would be more likely to like it? Do you think more it would move the needle. It would move the needle, but not a lot. There's a lot to overcome. There's a, I, J- Jeff has come a long ways in the last week from what we've talked about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slight improvement. <laughs> I've come a long ways in the last week. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, now Jeff, now Jeff can talk. Uh, now Jeff can rebut. <laughs> uh, carbureted three fifty one Cleveland. Yes, I would like it more. <laughs> no, noted noticeably, like would that would that go? Would you be like I'm listening, or would it still be? So that's one good thing about it. <laughs> I I would I would okay. Let's assume that there's like less computers. I would start listening at that point. Let's let's just go there. I totally. Okay. We took all the computers but, out of it, but but the plastic and the front end, like the grill, ugh, that's there still, it is. That still kills. There me. it is. But but a three a carb three fifty one Cleveland in a in a, like a new bra. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. You kidding me? <laughs> if if anything, I should just find one that's been wrecked and do that just to piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, you would I think, I think that would make a good uh, make a good gambler. Well, you know what's oh. great is you don't have to pass DEQ with new cars, right? So, I mean, I could be rolling around in a three fifty one Cleveland, just cruising. Yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah, unless someone ratted me out, it'd be fine. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm practicing. That was good. Yeah. You had me um, fooled. <laughs> You never had. You never. Never mind. You never had your car. You never had your fooled. That's where I was going with that. That doesn't work. That's nothing. Are you drinking barrel proof too? No, no. Uh, just a, just a, a nice uh, hazy IPA. Ooh, God, that's so Portland. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we're talking about. The Bronco harking <laughs> talking about everything here. We're talking about uh, artisan IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Photoshop you with a man bun here in a minute. Oh, you better not. You better not. You better not. We'll, we'll pull out. We'll pull out the old uh, Libyan Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? You don't know how to pull out. <laughs> There it is. Wait, there I'm, is. I'm, I'm second tier to Randy in that category. That's look, true. Look over there. There we are. See us? We're off the rails. <laughs> it's all there good. There you go. Grudge night off the rails. <laughs> 22 minutes off the rails. <sighs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Leave it. You're good. Don't even sweat um, it. No I'm, edit tonight, folks. No edit. I'm going to push through my uh, segue because I liked it, even though it's really bad. <laughs> I'm mute you. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I actually can't do that. Um, Fix so it in post. Going from a the the Bronco being a a harken back to a classic nameplate. Uh, the Lincoln Continental was updated a couple of years ago. I think it's beautiful. We sat in it at the car show in the before times, and it felt good. I loved the layout of the switches. It wasn't you know, uh, it was ostentatious, but I mean, it's a Lincoln, but it's not crazy bad. Like I really didn't like the MKZs and the MKCs and the, oh, all the alphanumerics never worked for me, but bringing back the names that continental and the aviator, I I'm, I'm really vibing with that. And there's a rendering of a slammed Lincoln on, uh, black wheels with uh silver rims and a silver center cap it's all black absolutely slammed to the ground there's a little piece of chrome down at the bottom of the doors um and i forgot it's beautiful that the door handles 
are molded into the belt line <clears> at the <throat> bottom of the window and just gorgeous car uh in my opinion even the, the headlights that flat front works but this rendering just it's got this really uh we'll say from a certain era purple interior on it <laughs> um and that's not that's nice. my thing but this thing from the outside looks uh, they call it mafia-esque i would completely agree oh yeah yeah, that it's got the it's got the uh, looks like the Detroit steel wheels, the old uh, dog mm-hmm. dishes on the center, you know, the poverty caps and the black steel <laughs> wheels with the with the trim ring on it. But they're like 20s and it's and it looks like it's either bagged or really low. Um, There's no way those are only 20s. Not a chance. OK, maybe they're oh, 20 they're 22s. Be 22s. Think about yeah. it, 22s, 24s. OK, I come from absolutely slammed. Yeah, yeah. And it, it looks it looks killer and like like you were saying we all sat in that car or those cars uh when they first came out and that was one of like two cars i left the auto show being like okay i could i could own one of those like every year there's something and i i, yeah. I remember there's three off the top of my head we're gonna we're gonna tangent off to uh car shows right now there's there's three i can remember and they've all been premium or luxury there was this lincoln continental and i know andy was there for that one uh we met him at at the lincoln uh area actually was uh, this uh his... was this last year no no was, no years uh, ago Andy's... was this 2020 or 2019 uh 18 i think because 18 or was 17 it? andy's andy's little was like her first year around i thought it was like, right was before you old. left to Texas. Mm. No, it wasn't. Okay. Mm. Cause I left, I left for Texas in December and the car shows in, uh, uh, March, uh, February. Oh, February. Oh, oh, okay. so it would have been the year before. Okay. So um, 2019 then I did go in 2019. I did go to the Portland, uh, international auto show, but I'm not sure if I met anyone there. I might've just brought my, my oldest son with me that time, but I know Andy was there when we sat in the Lincoln mm-hmm. and that was wonderful. Um, so we'll talk about that. And then I've got, I've got a couple more. Uh, so Andy, do you remember the Lincoln? Do you have any specific thoughts on, on anything? I don't remember that far back. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, I, I barely remember going to that show. There was something very neat about the interior and the driver's seat. Um, this is going to get a little vague, but it's it has something to do with the center storage. Um, had kind of oh. uh, these yeah. cars are all really good at like hiding cups. Yeah, like hidden compartments. You're right. Yeah, yeah. just to keep. I, that do, I do remember that. Look. Right. Yeah, I think I think the Lincoln Continental stood out to me because the seats were the most comfortable of all the cars I sat in. Well, they um, were 120 way adjustable or something. They were yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, and a, they like was a keyboard on the side of the seat. <laughs> yeah, you could literally <laughs> program it to fit your back exactly. And as, as much as like the in inside Jeff hates this, the like I want luxury Jeff really liked the fact that I didn't even have to to pull a door latch. I could press a button and the door would open. And like everything was just super automated and really nice. So it was just like, it was like you wanted your couch, like it was like driving a couch, you know, it just, it felt super comfy and super 
luxurious, I guess. Um, the Lincoln, but... the Lincoln Continental is the perfect car to lease because yes. none of that's going to break in the first three years, but yep. it will break after ten. Exactly. Yeah. The back seats, I remember, had they might have reclined, but I know they had a power footrest, and I think all of them were heated and massaged. Mm-hmm. Yep. Super heated impressive. cooling massaging. Yeah. And, and all, uh, the, all the things I remember getting kind of the stink eye from the Lincoln people when we were, cause not a lot of people were around the Lincoln when we were there. Yeah. Um, it, but they were kind of like looking at us like, why are these guys getting in this car? Like, <laughs> you yeah, know, but then we started loudly singing its praises cause we genuinely thought it was really good. And I think a lot of thing was a lot of what we said was along the lines of, wow, this is actually super impressive. Like we were, genuinely taken aback because i had been in an mkz and i'm like cool a fusion yeah and... they... <laughs> yeah yeah this, this you're right this genuinely was... a different car yeah because the time we were there this was back when ford was still selling cars it was like their last year selling cars because there was a fusion hybrid there that we sat in that was like some special <laughs> uh model that had like dark brown interior that was really nice for a fusion yeah. I don't know if you guys remember that, but uh, I and that remember was, that one a bit. And the yeah. Bullet Mustang was the first, uh, the new body style Mustang was. It was when they debuted that, right, with the more sloped front end. Yeah, the really aggressive front fascia. Yeah, and and they had the bullet there, and uh, I remember there we kind of we we spent some time upstairs because the way mm-hmm. that uh, Portland is is the big expo center is on the floor but they keep the exotics and some of the more premium stuff upstairs. Uh, your your BMWs and Mercedes and Volvos and such. Premium and being red German. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I, but I, I didn't say German because I'm specifically going to say that we did, you know, we weren't impressed by the BMWs that we, that we walked past. We no. spent a decent amount of time in the, um, trying to remember the actual uh, the, the s70 i think it yeah, was yeah yep that was a big it was another kind of slightly smaller than the continental but it was it was a very different kind of luxury i and i i know we spent a good 20 30 minutes just jeff and i uh uh hanging out in that car and playing with that and uh i had the genuine thought of this is handsome and well appointed but quiet enough that i would actually consider spending money on this car oh like, yeah yeah it was actually something like i love the idea of the lincoln i just don't know <clears throat> if i would actually go to the dealership and say yes i want this in my driveway maybe but that that s70 was amazing it was like it's something i felt i could actually drive and that was but the was... first time I think I had ever seen automotive manufacturers make like a simulated or maybe an authentic wood grain that wasn't like the glossy plasticky finish. It mm-hmm. was it was like natural and warm wood on the it inside and felt good. It like did. Both, yeah, it covered both of those bases. Yeah. And and the dash layout was uh, was kind of right when automakers stopped getting to the big bulky clusters and they kind of started kind of playing that visual um, game with you where it makes, they kind of have like a smaller band in the dash that makes it look less big, I guess, less intrusive, yeah. you know? It was minimalist. Yeah, it was minimalist, exactly. And it 
And man, it really like to, to like what you're saying. I mean, that was probably the most impressive car there was that Volvo S70 just from a, you know, it had performance, it had value and it was really comfortable. I remember going home and looking up if I could afford one. I was like, I, I got to go look at these because it's awesome. genuine, genuinely good. And it was parked next to the brand new uh, Audi TTRS, which had yeah. that full. That was the first vehicle I had seen with that full TFT um, instrument panel mm-hmm. dashboard going yep. on. And it was, it was the first one that I had seen that really had that and scrolling through and looking what you could do and, you know, changing it up like the BMW that I had recently uh, that's come down market quickly. Um, it was really impressive. But then I went back to the Volvo and no, this that's like a for a track toy. It's nice to be able to move around and it's, it's a neat gimmick, but I'm still going to like this driver position in 10 years. Yeah. And, and if, I, I don't know if you remember, but like even the door panels had like intricate detail, like stitching and, and, you know, just the, the finer points of the, of the design was just, it was right. I mean, they didn't miss a mark anywhere. There, there was no point as to where the, uh, in some vehicles you can see, especially where the doors meet the dash. Mm-hmm. There's a hard line. There's a, they kind of change the styling a little bit and try and change the way that the curves are going and it it's not that it felt like one cohesive ring around you like a lot of cars try and have this strong line uh to kind of tie it all together you just didn't notice a lot of it which I've, I've i've spoken on this before like why i liked my bullet it was subtle changes that made me just enjoy a vehicle without knowing why mm-hmm. I, it's that it's like they say in, in food world, it's, it's the umami flavor, you know, <laughs> exactly. It's pretentious, but we're talking about Lincoln's and Volvo's so we can do that. Um, and it's, it just felt good to be in. And I couldn't tell you why other than it was elegantly simple, which again is where let's just go ahead and dive into the deep end of, of sounding terrible, but it was, it, that's what it was to me is it was, this is comfortable. It's nice. It has everything I want. Nothing. I don't, nothing felt wrong. I think it was actually, I'm looking it up right now. Cause I couldn't remember the exact model. I think it was the S 90 we sat in. It could um, be the S 90 was very large and a big back seat. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it now and I'm still thinking like, man, I, what could I do to afford this? Cause this is beautifully done. I mean, the the way they accent the wood and the in the door panels and the dash and the way everything's laid out it's not claustrophobic at all it doesn't have any excess controls or touch points it's just really simple and elegant i really like it i i want to go hop on craigslist see if i can find one now <laughs> i really do they're really wow, nice that's, and let's let's keep in mind folks this is a car that is younger than he is that's right yeah <laughs> And hey, it's a few years old now. Maybe I could actually afford it. So, Andy, I, I know it was uh, your kid probably wasn't sleeping super well at that age. And, you know, going out and doing a big thing, it's hard to remember. Was there something that jumped out to you uh, that you remember seeing that you were excited for? Oh, honestly, no. Was it, was it that you don't remember or there was just nothing there that, that interested you? 
I mean, it, a little bit of both, I'd say. I mean, there wasn't anything that really stands out to this to this point that you know that that kept my attention. I know what I know what the answer is. He really liked the Camaro. <laughs> All right, DJ, please. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the refresh of the Camaro too, I believe. Yeah, so we that year we sat in the Corvette and the Camaro, um, and it was our first time ever sitting in you know the newer GM products, which we're all you know Ford fans in our little group of people that we yeah, hang that out with the, generally. Clearly, clearly where we where we <laughs> skew, we try and cover everything, but you know, yeah, and, and trying to and so because <laughs> out of your morbid curiosity, we decided to go hop in the uh, the Corvette, the you know the Corvette and the Camaro. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know Andy had some thoughts on the. Uh, this was at the time the C7 and the I don't know what the designation for the Camaro was, um, but you had some thoughts on what on how you felt about those two cars, didn't you? The C7 was nice, and you you sit in a Camaro that's not a convertible, and you look around, and you go, "Huh, I can't see fucking shit in this thing." <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. The, the view view was really bad in both. Terrible. Cars. It was better in the uh, Corvette, but still yeah, not good. yeah. So the uh, Camaro, I mean, the Corvette was actually not bad. Like I would, I would be okay if I, you know, if I really needed a Corvette and I got that Corvette. I wouldn't be super heartbroken. It wasn't bad. But man, the Camaro, like the fit and finish on it was pretty poor. So bad. And they had it's like so bottom end. And they had like random like it seemed random. It didn't seem thoughtful where they had like this arm uh pad like for hanging your elbow out the window or something. And it was in this weird awkward spot and I was like what what's that doing there? Like it and it was like stitched but it was it just looked cheap like everything in the Camaro felt really kind of crappy and the Corvette when you sat in it at least felt cohesive in design it felt good like it 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 it, it had GM you know quality so it was kind of squeaky and shitty but it was still like it like it looked visually nice and they and the touch points were correct and everything kind of flowed but the Camaro didn't make any sense to me and i think we all kind of that like and granted we're all a little biased you know, and the 2015 plus Mustang was, is way better, in my opinion. Interior layout and everything was a lot better in it. But the Camaro just didn't didn't make sense. It didn't it didn't flow at all. For me, it's the the uh, the the you know, being not being able to see out of it was a problem. But I didn't like the ergonomics. Like it just didn't feel comfortable to me. And coming from motorcycles. When someone's asked what brand of motorcycle I should get, I said, generally, nowadays, they're all the same. Ride what you can, and one will fit you better than another because different brands ride differently, even though they have basically the same power, same braking, same, like, they're all competitive for an amateur, but they all feel different. So one, you will be, oh, this is, this one turns better. This one handles better. This one feels better even though they're basically the same, I think cars are getting to that point where the competition is so close and everything's so good that certain cars you sit in and if you didn't know the badge and they just sat you in a car, you would 
be hard pressed to pick a brand simply because their layouts and their ergonomics are so different uh, that that you would end up finding a brand and you would probably like that brand's cars across the board better than everything else because there is a specific way of being in them. And I found that I don't like sitting in Audis. That's not something I like. Mm-hmm. I, I've never liked the, the the button layouts. And same with uh, GMs. I've had I've been in a couple of GMs and their trucks were all right. But the steering wheel thing I've mentioned. But like I had a Pontiac and I just didn't like the way it was laid out at the time compared to Fords of that era. And I just Ford and BMW seem to be cars that I sit in and I like the way they're tuned. And I Mm -hmm. think it's probably the same with the Camaro uh, is that it just didn't I didn't feel like I belonged. Maybe maybe it was just because of the badge and we're punks and we just do what we do. (laughs) I don't know. I think we were pretty objective, though, in our in our analysis of the cars. There, though, I mean, we 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 tried to go in with an open mind, and we we called out what we liked. Like, I mean, Shelly and I went the previous year, and we both liked the uh, the Fiat Five Hundred. Um, mm-hmm. We we thought that was a great car, and then we sat in the newer Bugs, the Beetles, and they had no headroom, and you couldn't see out of them. And I didn't like mm-hmm. them. I liked them from the outside. But I didn't really like the inside, and then we, but we sat in the in the Fiat, the little cheap Fiat. Uh, I don't know what they call the cheap one. It's like a pop, pop or a pop, pop. Yeah, pop. Yeah, and it was like it. Was, it I mean, okay, I'll 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 be uh, feminine here for a minute. It was cute. Um, <laughs> it no, was. It a, is. It's definitely that. It was adorable. You know, it had like a. It was. It had the like a teal kind of paint job. It had a white steering wheel. And uh, Shelly sat it, and I'm like, okay, that car totally fits you. It's adorable, you know. It's like it's super mm-hmm. cute, and uh, and the Abart is sounds really good. Like, and the Abarts are not Abart, pretty neat. It's super cool, like, and it, yeah. I mean, I don't even think they have a muffler, right? They're they're pure catalytic converter to exhaust, right? They're kind of straight piped, but because pretty straight piped as, as as much as you can from the factory, right? Yeah, and they they're raspy, and they're hilarious to drive, from what I've heard, anyway. My buddy uh, drove. <sighs> He drove a few of them, um, and uh, I guess that and a FRS and a few other new cars. And he said the Abarth was just a riot. And he said it was so fun because um, it just doesn't weigh anything. You just crank a corner and just have have a good time. And all of this, you're not going over the speed limit. You're just having fun below the speed limit, you know. So I don't know. I, I think we were pretty objective in our in our view, even though we tend to be a little bit anti GM more than other people might be. You know, I'll I'll say I'm very anti-Toyota, but in 2016, 2017, um, there was a bunch of us from a Mustang uh, group at the time. Um, there was like four of us, three or four of us, uh, and we were going through all the different spots. We went through the Lexus area and we said, oh, we'll sit in this. It was a GS320, something to that extent. It was a GS. It was one of the bigger, like a, like a five series competitor, kind of a, a mid to full size. And we sat in that car and we were shocked because when you're in a, 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 uh, it's hard for us to remember this coming into the early 2021, but remember when you would be in a group of people and there's thousands of people in, you know, a big, in one building and they're all talking and it's just a deafening roar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we all sat down in this Lexus 
And we all closed the door and we looked at each other. We went, wow, we can just talk at a normal volume. <laughs> there was this, there was this low din of noise outside, but it was creepy quiet. And someone opened their door and the sound just poured in. They closed it. Someone else opened it and closed it. And then we just started playing with buttons because I think I remember like this. Like you do. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting in the back passenger seat uh, for most of the time. But then we started actually kind of poking around and looking at the infotainment. And, and we started, you know, kind of tearing the car apart and, and critiquing it um, and going, you know what? Actually, this is and people were pointing out things they did and didn't like. I think the switch gear looked bad but felt good and uh you know it's things like um you know when you get out of a 92 mustang and then you hop in these cars <laughs> and you pull down on the grab handle and you let go and it has the the spring or a hydraulic that slowly brings it back up instead of going thwack up to the roof it's things like it's the details like that that lexus does right when you pull out the cup holder, put it back in, it was completely smooth and quiet. And just it's those tactile things that you actually feel physically with, you know, with your fingers and your nerves. That's that's what matters. That's what's lacking in the New Edge Mustangs and the Rangers. And honestly, even my F-150, I love the thing. But when I go between my 2011 X5 and my 2013 F-150, as well outfitted as it is, and as much as I like it, it's not the same level. And it's not going to be. I mean, uh, a, a mainstream half-ton pickup versus a, a full-size luxury SUV of the same era, they're not comparable in interior quality and interior layout and design. They're simply not. And it's, right. not, it's not really close. Um, they're completely different animals and when you are able to kind of rectify that in your brain it it makes sense the lexus felt so much better than the fords and chevys we had just been in and right. as much as i i have an active disdain for toyota i don't know what it is but short of the uh gt86 i just i don't like anything they make even the lfa i i i don't i just can't i want to like but i don't mm -hmm. um so to get past my preconceived notions about the brand and go, you know what, this is actually a really nice place to be, even though I don't like the exterior design sitting in it looked good and felt good. I think that's kind of the goal of going to an auto show for us. I know they're trying to sell cars, but we're trying to find things we like that we didn't think we would, which is the, which is true for the Lincoln. It's true for the Volvo. It's true for the Lexus. It's true for for Jeff for the uh, the Fiat. Like you probably mm -hmm. didn't go there expecting to have any good thought. You'd just be, oh, it's a dumb little uh, mini mini wannabe uh, this and that. But it, it was actually very good. And I would be, I was disappointed in things that I wanted to like, like yep. the uh, BM, BMWs. I'm like, I expect better. Why does yeah. the Volvo feel better than this M2? You no, know? you're you're exactly right. That's that's uh, it's funny because you mentioned that like I I, ca I come into or I came into the auto show back when when we went with kind of my the cars I wanted to see the cars I was excited to see and then a level of disappointment when I got in got into them 
you know, like, and that kind of comes back to our discussion that we had a little while ago about interior. Like, I think interior and fit and finish and quality are something that is kind of underrated nowadays. Like, um, or I guess maybe it's just, I, I wouldn't say underrated. Um, what am I looking for? Like, it's, it's, it's more important than I think the aesthetics. Underprioritized. There you go. Yeah. Underprioritized. Yeah. So uh, at least by manufacturers, but I think, you know, when you sit in a car, you know, 90% of the time or 95% of the time, you're going to be inside that car driving it. So you should like how it feels inside and, and like how it's laid out and enjoy being inside of it. Not just, looking at it you know because i mean obviously we're all drawn to a car our cars initially by the way they look but what makes you want to get in and and keep driving them is the inside i think and the feel of driving them you know and that's one of the reasons i like driving my falcon i like the i like being able to see out of it as well as i do i like the way it steers blah 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 i like i like the interior um and that's the same thing with some of these cars like we walked into this with like you know we want to look at the mustang we want to go look at this bmw m series we want to look at the porsches and we come out talking about the volvos and the fiats like completely different than what we were excited to go see and now we're talking about how great this mid-level volvo is or this entry-level fiat is like and, and just but how that, that's so important because when you see oh the auto show's coming up what do I want to go and you think oh I can sit in the Mustang at the dealership you know I'll I'll, I'll be able to see what I really want to see there's nothing you know my brand hasn't come out with anything new that I really want to see but it's worth going to see the stuff that you aren't going there for which I think is is summing up what you just said is yeah. as an automotive enthusiast, I think it's important to be open to liking things mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I, I came in at 16, very dead set. I, my, my biggest early auto show moment, I, I was there when I was a, a little, 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 but the first time I really remember was uh, 2006 leading into the 2007 Mustang GT500. They had one on a plinth, uh, just set up rotating. So I'm, you know, uh, what I, what would I be, fifteen uh, ish? And uh, I went with my parents, and they went off to go look at something else. But I refused to leave, and I stayed. And I literally, this sounds stupid. I sat down on the show floor, about ten feet from this GT 500 turning on the plinth. And this is early back when they were saying it was going to have 475 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all drilled into my mind. I still have the, uh, the pamphlet that they handed out. The big, this is the thick, S thick book. This is the S one ninety seven, right? So this is the yes, first of the retro. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the first thing since the Terminator, the first Cobra and right. first, first Shelby since, Oh, boys, help me out. When was the last time there was a Shelby? Like 70s? A, a proper Shelby Mustang yeah. uh, prior to 2007 because the 99 was a Cobra but not a Shelby. Yeah, I think 1970 would have been the last Shelby, right? This is this is kind of Andy's uh, Andy's wheelhouse. Um, early, early 70s for sure. Yeah, it would have been like 71, 72, I would think. Uh, the yeah. GT350s and GT500s. So it was the the restoration of the nameplate of Shelby for 
Mustangs. And I, I literally just sat on the ground looking at the book and looking up at the car thinking, how am I going to get one of those? And to be quite honest, it's, although I don't have a lot of love for the S197s, having sat in some, I don't feel the interior qualities there. But my, like, you know, all the boomers as they aged up wanted a 65 Mustang, a 67 Fastback. For me, that's probably going to be, as we did the dream car segments, that's kind of a true dream car. Not that I want, not that 30 year old Randy necessarily wants that car of all the cars he could pick, but as a nostalgia trip, someday I'll probably have one of those, like an 07, 08 GT500. They're not the greatest car. They have, they're just full of flaws, but it's just the thing that really drew me into the hobby. And I ended up signing up for three car magazines and reading them at, at, um, you know, in my high school uh, study, uh, study classes and just going over and over them. And that's, you know, how I'm here doing this, you know? Uh, So car shows are really, that really vaulted me into doing this. So that's really what got me there was, was seeing that specific car, even though it's not necessarily a great car. And I didn't go there knowing it was there. I just went there because, oh, cars are fun and something to do on a Sunday. Right. Yeah, I know. I, I do miss, you know, in the in the current times, I really miss being able to go to do the auto show. That was actually the first time that Shelly and I really spent a lot of time together. But when we started dating back when we were 15 was uh, the auto show. So we we try to go every few years at least, you know, and just go cruise around and look at the new cars. And I mean, we're never really serious buyers because we're, you know, we, we don't have that kind of money to go drop on a new car, but it does show you what's out there and it does get you thinking. It gets your gears turning, you know, can I afford this? You know, I think it's important. Or, or it at least stimulates, it does stimulate the used economy too, because when I go yeah. there, I'm thinking maybe I can get a little bit closer to this. You know, how long have I had my vehicles? What am I, what am I financially capable of right now? What's responsible? Where should I be at? And it, it kind of shows you what, oh, well, if you can get this on cars, and versus what I drove here, um, you know, what, what's, what am I capable of now? Right. Right. Um, so, uh, moving on from, uh, auto show stuff, uh, that have taken the bulk of the middle of the episode. Hello. Um, I got to move away from looking at this Volvo S90. Oh, glad you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at one on Craigslist right now. Yeah, the 2017 is the only one, the inscription. Yep, 2017 inscription, all-wheel drive, super luxury, every option for sale at Hayden Island with 34,000 miles. I'm like, I should go look at that. Uh, Andy, it's, it's, in, it's in chat. Yeah, okay. I'm going to check it out. It's... It's I, really pretty. And I've got uh, most... four windows open right now with YouTube videos of <laughs> reviews on the S90. So, um... Boy, it was such a good car. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still, I mean, it's still pretty. I love the concave grill that they did. I think that that's just killer. God, it's so pretty. So, and, and honestly, dude, have you seen the new Polestar Volvos? I, I hate to keep... Oh, Volvo. Yeah, I could talk about Volvo for a while. Yeah, Volvo really is on their game. And like... I, I hate their new business model because they started doing the subscription thing. 
yeah. you know, more like before any other car maker did, but boy, do they make a good looking car. So the reason they've gone subscription, here's their big, here's their big idea. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, the, the argument came out, who's responsible for the autonomous car. So you have an autonomous car, fully autonomous, and it crashes into something. Who's liable for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Volvo came out and said, if our system is the reason for the accident, we are liable. That is a car company, small one at that, coming out and saying, we are agreeing to be held liable for any pr- any." Uh, malfunction of our autonomous system right so if they're going to do that they don't want you touching it and if it's a subscription system it's their car you never take ownership of the car it is titled and licensed to volvo never to Mm -hmm. you you pay them the insurance you pay them the, the the money straight to them they're able to cut out the dealership and the middleman and keep it safe keep it close um and you know 30 days from now they may own it again so it it's what they have to do to be able to be liable for that sort of stuff it, it's what they have to do and so yeah i i also don't like that but i do like that they are they are truly the most aggressive at moving towards fully electric vehicles mm-hmm. if you look at their website you have to dig I was going through their website um, and it's hard to get to a gasoline vehicle. They push the electrics right out of the gate. You have to go to a sub menu to go to their other cars. And then you have to build specifically a gasoline powered one to not get the plug-in hybrid. They are a hundred percent dedicated to moving forward with electric vehicles. I mean, I'm looking short at it right of, now on Tesla. their site. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, everything recharge, plug-in hybrid, pure electric, everything on their front page. And nothing on their front page says anything about pure gasoline availability. It's no. not there. You have to dig in their submenus to even find it. So right. short of Tesla, they are the second most serious automaker at swapping over, which is smart because it puts them in a very small category that doesn't have a lot of competition yet. I mean, even their SUVs look good. I mean, as far as, as far as modern cars go, I mean, Volvo's really got it going on here. I'm impressed. And what's crazy, I guess, is a lot of their production now is in China. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So Volvo uh, is owned by Geely. Um, uh, out of China, so yeah, they are they are owned and run by that because they're one of the companies that Ford let go in two thousand eight two thousand nine, along with Aston Martin. That's too bad. Yeah, I, I believe Aston Martin might also be owned by Geely. Don't uh, do not quote me on that. Quoted, uh, quoted. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, do you have any thoughts on the Volvo, or is that so far out of your? GAF that you are uh, speechless. It's pretty far out there. I mean, the pole stars are neat, but that's about my 1% level of knowledge on the subject. Okay. Well, I promise we'll move on. I'm not going to close the tab, though. 
<laughs> it's, something, it's something pretty to look at this i do it a build your own it's a s70 inscription t6 all-wheel drive in blackstone and just i'm just looking at it i'm doing it's the same pretty. thing right now God, it's pretty. <laughs> i know these cars are these cars are amazing and they're really not I mean, they're not bad oh, you're pretty you're pretty yeah black um, blackstone is the right color too god we got to move on Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna have to cut this episode in two. I love it. Um, boy, let's just since we've lost momentum, let's just go right to the to the quiz, and we'll just record a new intro because that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> we will hit Forza next time though, because I love Forza. Good enough. Good enough. Good enough. Good. Good enough. Good enough. <sighs> Yeah, I've given up. This this edit's going to be a long one. <laughs> oh, man. The climate package has heated rear seats, heated windshield washers, heated steering wheel. Okay, I'm going to count down from three, and then we're going to start the quiz. <laughs> do so it. I finished, I finished my beer, and I'm tired. Right. <laughs> Same. All righty. All right, let's move on to the Porsche quiz. Um, should have done a Volvo quiz, but here we are. <laughs> let's start the quiz. So, Andy, Jeff, I'm going to ask you guys both a question. I'm going to keep track um, of everything and uh, keep. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna alternate who answers first. So don't 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 yell out because I'm gonna make I'm gonna try and keep this. A little more fair than than I have in the past. Um, Let's so we'll, do it. We'll start with uh, alphabetically. So Andy will go first, and then Jeff will answer second. Uh, and I will simply put a mark uh, next to who gets it. All right. So uh, this is a Porsche quiz that I have found on uh, zero to sixty times dot com slash quiz. They've got a whole bunch of them. They're super fun to do. I took this one earlier today. Um, I'm going to fail. If people want to follow along at home, super fun. Tell me how you scored. Um, Scoring is going to be a little bit different because I am uh, omitting certain questions because they are an image of the car, which is not good for an audio podcast medium. (laughs) I don't think think we understand how radio works. Radio? (laughs) So, podcasts. Question one. Andy will be the first to answer this one. In which German city is Porsche headquartered? Is it in Stuttgart, Ingolstadt, Wurzburg, or Wolfsburg? I believe it's Stuttgart. Is not? Is it not? So Stuttgart, Ingolstadt, uh, Ingolstadt. Uh, Wurzburg or Wolfsburg? Jeff? Stuttgart. You both get that one for sure. Stuttgart. It's right there on their um their crest, actually. On the on the front of the car, it says Stuttgart right mm-hmm. in the middle. That's right. And there's a dealer in Lake Oswego called Stuttgart's that my dad takes his Porsche to all the time. Well, there you go. That's cheating, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> having, having any knowledge about the brand is yeah, that's, cheating. That's, that's being thrifty. It's on. It's on the edge. It takes all the luck out. What fun yeah. is it then? All right. Any whistle. 
So, number two, in which decade was Porsche founded? Is it the 1900s, 1910s, 1920s, or 1930s? So the aughts, 10s, 20s, or 30s? No, I'm probably uh, going to get this wrong. Answer, Jeff will answer first. I'm probably going to get this wrong. I'm going to say the 30s. I was going to say 10s. Jeff gets this point, 1930s. Sweet. Um, Because they were making cars, I think, for Hitler, right? uh, They did uh, make the... the, Volkswagen. The thing, the thing based mm-hmm. off of, uh, they, they helped with the thing that Volkswagen did. Yep. Uh, so, question three. Who founded Porsche? Uh, I'm going to give you a first name. Uh, is it, and Andy's going to answer first. Is it Franz Porsche, Ferdinand Porsche, Christoph Porsche, or Leopold Porsche? It's Franz, Ferdinand, Christoph, Leopold. Please save your music jokes for the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Leopold. I have no idea. It's a pure guess. Franz, Ferdinand, Christoph, Leopold. Ferdinand. Ferdinand Porsche. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Jeff's, Jeff's off to a... I had a good start three for three so far. I had a, uh, a game called uh, Porsche. It was Need for Speed Porsche Unleashed for my for like Windows ninety eight that I played back when I was oh, yeah. 10, 12. and I still have that game and I've played it in the last five years. Um, and <laughs> and one of the Porsches in that was named the Ferdinand uh, Coupe, uh, and it was uh, three fifty six Ferdinand. Uh, I'm not sure if that was ever actually produced, but that was a fun fact that there was a car in that game called Ferdinand might also exist in real life too, I imagine. So. And yes, Franz Ford Ferdinand, take me out. Please take me out of this game. (laughs) Question four, which years was the Porsche 959, not 959. I know better the 959 available for sale. Uh, Was it, 85 to 90, 85 to 92, 86 to 89, or 87 and 88. This one's this one's tricky for me to read off properly. So is it 85 to 90, a five-year span from 85 to 90? Is it a seven-year span from 85 to 92? A three-year span from 86 to 89? Or just two years of 87 to 88? Is it so me first? Basically, is it, you know, is it two years? Is it three years? Is it five years? Or is it seven years? How long did they produce it? It's kind of the other way of, of uh, it, doing this question. Who's this going to first? Uh, I want to say this is actually for uh, Andy. This is Jeff. That's a Jeff. Is this, is this a Jeff one? Yeah. Um... I'm really wanting to say it goes through 92, but I my gut's telling me 86 to 89. That's my answer. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna need an answer. 86 to 89. Andy. Yeah, I'm gonna go 86 to 89. 
All right, you're both going to get that point, 86 to 89. That's a tough one uh, for you guys there. Um, so that's that's four questions down so far, so we're on to the fifth question. Oh boy. Almost messed that up. Here we go. Okay. In which Porsche model did actor James Dean die? Did he die in a 911, a 912, a 360 Castella, or a 550 Spider? Oh, that's a five. That's a 550 Spider. Yeah. Yes, it is the 550 Spider. <laughs> Everyone, including my beautiful wife, yelling from the background, <laughs> was correct. That, that was a, that was a James, softball James on, on a tee. Thanks, Abby. James I wouldn't have got that one without you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's okay. Andy, um, it hasn't released yet, but then we did another quiz, and Andy's wife helped him win. So it's only fair. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Uh, what size engine? does a 05 Porsche Carrera GT have? Now, Porsche Carrera GT is famously now uh, the car in which we lost the actor Paul Walker from the Fast and Furious series. Oh, boy, I don't know. So 04 to 05 Porsche Carrera. Did it come with... Did it come with a uh, 5.7 liter V8, a 6.2 V8, a 5.7 V10 or a 6.2 V10. So it's either a 5.7 or a 6.2 or and an 8 or a 10. Homie should know this one. Come on. 5.7 or 6.2, 8 or 10. I'm going to say 6.2 V8. I don't, I don't know. Give me any other Porsche model I could probably tell you. But, man, I, the GT, I don't know. 6.2. Right, Andy, I I know it. I know it's a V10, so I'm I'm gonna take. I don't know if it's a five seven or six two, so I'm gonna take five seven since he took six two. Hot dang, five seven V10. Jeez, nice yep, work, that, man. That was good. Absolutely. I somehow got that right when I took the test earlier. It just it feels like the right number. Like everything on Porsche, you got to think the smallest displacement for some reason. Yeah, yeah small displacement. Unless it says GT2 or GT3, then you just, go up like 0.2. I just think 5.7 <laughs> is a Chevy 350. I'm like, it didn't come with a 350. Well, a 6.2 <laughs> sounds like a Ford size too. So. It does, but it sounds more exotic. I don't know why. <laughs> I think five seven sounds exotic, but I think that's just because it's a it's like a it's an it's an odd number instead of an even number. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and us when American of, us Yanks like the uh, <laughs> like the five liter robust. Yeah, three liter, four liter, five liter. Yeah, it's Could, all... couldn't call it a four point nine. Had to call it a five zero. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Got to round up. All right, so I'm gonna give you four vehicles. Which one has the most horsepower? Is it the uh, 2006 Cayman S? Is it the 2012 Panamera Turbo? That's the sedan. The 2008 Cayenne Turbo S? Or the 97 911 Turbo S? 
Does anyone want any clarification on that? Andy, you're first. 06 Cayman S, 2012 Panamera Turbo, 2008 Cayenne Turbo S, 97 911 Turbo S. Hmm. If you want me to narrow it down, I can I can help. If you want to say newer or older or I know I'm 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 gonna go with the Panamera. Yep. Twenty twelve Panamera Turbo. Yep. Yes, sir. I don't I don't I don't know. No, points. The, no, no points. points really. No points. It, it gotta be the, the Cayman or K- uh, Cayenne. No. Cayenne. No, the Cayenne wasn't that much. Let, give us a second guess. Let's let's each I have a second. Okay. okay. Is it the is Panamera it, was like five fifty something, wasn't it? I it so was. there's the there's the 06 Cayman S, the 08 Cayenne Turbo S, or a 97 911 Turbo S. Now now before you guys guess, do you guys want this to be for a point? Because it's up to you guys. If you guys let's do want it, to put man. A point on the line. Yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna because say, we knocked up we knocked up the Panamera, so what are the three left now? There's an 06 Cayenne or 06 Cayman S, so that's the hardtop boxster with an but it's an S, non-turbo, 06 Cayman S, the 08 Cayenne SUV Turbo S, or the 97 911 Turbo S. I'm saying Cayenne. I'll go with the 911. Jeff's going to take this one, the 2008 Cayenne Turbo S. The <gasps> Turbo S is the one with the extra power. I think that was flirting with 600, give or take. Yeah, it was a tough call between the Panamera and the Cayenne. I was like, the Cayenne's the SUV, but the Panamera's a beast. So. I really yeah. remember because when you think of like a hard, a boxster, hard top boxsters, the, the, the Cayman, you know, that's the smaller one. Probably yeah. not gonna have the huge power numbers, and it wasn't a turbo, right? And then a ninety-seven nine eleven. In ninety-seven, nothing had five hundred horsepower. I mean, maybe yeah. it was a GT something, right? But even a Turbo S didn't have that much. Um, let me make sure I notate Jeff's points here, so I don't. Whew, Andy's catching up here. Yeah. Um, which Porsche model was not? sold in the 90s so three of these model numbers were sold in the 1990s only one was not is it the 993 the 944 the 968 or the 930 93 44 68 930 30 930 I'll go with 9.3. 9.93. Jeff's going to pull ahead a little bit more on this one. It was it was the 9.30. 9.30 the turbo. Um, see, they made it from, I think it was, it was the, uh, it was the impact bumper cars uh, from like oh. 80 to 89 and a half or 88 and a half. Um, and uh, they were like the the big whale tail wing with the they called them yeah. the widowmaker. 
And the 968 was like a convertible 994 kind of looking car. Then there was the 9, 9, uh, 944 or whatever it was. Um, yeah. All right. Andy answers first on this next one. Uh, Volkswagen. Uh, sorry. Which of this is a true statement? Only one of these is true of these three statements. Is Volvo is a subsidiary of Porsche. Volkswagen and Porsche are not associated anymore. Or Porsche is a subsidiary of Volkswagen. Andy? I believe number three. Porsche is a subsidiary of Volkswagen? We'll go. I don't know. I think we'll go with that one. I'm probably wrong. Okay. Jeff? Andy's right. Yeah, you guys are both right on that one. Okay. Volkswagen owns Porsche. That's, that's what I figured. Volkswagen's fairly large, so <laughs> they own Bugatti too, right? Yeah, right. I knew that. That was that was where I was going with them. Like they own Bugatti, so that seems likely. And Audi and yeah, Volkswagen's huge. Because didn't the Volkswagen Phaeton use the same W twelve that they put in the Bugatti? I think you're right. That sounds right. Or as long there... as it sounds right, no one's going to tell us we're wrong. So no, wasn't the was the Bugatti a, show. was Bugatti a sixteen or a twelve? 16 w16 or something yeah yeah w16 have been like a 12 cylinder version or it could have been the 16 i don't please someone write in and tell me what the phaeton was because i remember (laughs) that episode of top gear that well yeah (laughs) that's where i learned most of my stuff come on we all did all right which car has this is more up andy's alley which car has the fastest zero to 60 time is it the 2013 Boxster S with the PDK is a 2011 Panamera Turbo, the 04 911 GT3, or is it the 1986 911 Turbo? Uh, it's the GT3. Jeff? What was the others again? The Panamera and then the PDK? So, the, two, uh, uh, the 20... 2013 Boxster S with a PDK. 2011 Panamera Turbo. Yeah, it's one of those two. 04 GT3 or an 86 911 Turbo. I'm going to have to go with the... Mm. It's either the Panamera or the Boxster... I'm gonna. It's a, thir- it's a 13 Boxster S with the PDK. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that. I'm gonna go with Panamera Turbo. I'm gonna have to go with the the Boxster PDK Boxster. No points. Panamera Turbo. Yeah. Oh, so close. I was leaning. I was, I was leaning on that. So you said the GT3. Yeah, GT3. Like that. The thing about GT3 is they're not necessarily a straight line monster. The whole point of the GT3 no. is they. They put this. They they take the weight out, but they put the scaffolding in, right? Yeah. So it's all about track speed with yeah. the GT threes. Yeah. So basically, turbo is usually the word for straight line speed. I've found with Porsche. Yeah. What 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 did it for me was the PDK. The PDK is the fastest shifting. Yeah, dual clutch, I was. And that... I was being a stinker. I definitely leaned on that. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely put a lot of a lot of with the PDK. Put a lot, yeah. of, a lot of pepper on that one. 
Yeah, a little, little bit of pepper. A little pepper on there. little pepper. little pepper. I was being a stinker, guys. Man, that was close. All right. uh, I'm going to put my thumb on the scale. Andy answers first. Which Porsche model has only two doors? Is it the Cayenne, the Cayman, the Panamera, or the Macan? Is it the Cayenne, the Cayman, the Panamera, or the Macan? God, I don't know. Cayenne, Cayman, Panamera, Macan. Only one of those has two doors. Uh, but I know it's not the Macan. I want to say it's the Cayman. Cayenne, Cayman, or Panamera. I, I, I always mix up the Cayenne and the Cayman. They're so similar. I don't know. Uh, Cayman, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Cayman. Jeff was Jeff was, was exploding. I could, I was... <laughs> <laughs> Jeff was trying to reach through the phone and strangle yeah. me. No, I, I did give this one away earlier um, when I said the, I, I referenced the, uh, the Cayman in an earlier question as a hardtop boxster. Oh, yeah. Shows how much I pay attention. <laughs> well, let's let's hope you pay attention to very specific numbers. So, the 2014 Porsche 918 Spider, we all remember that. Yeah, the hybrid. Yes. What is the base MSRP for a 2014 918 Spider? I'm sorry, Andy. You can please. Lean back towards the mic. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's either seven hundred and sixty-five thousand, eight hundred and forty-five thousand, nine hundred and ninety, or one million one hundred and twenty-five thousand. So seven sixty-five, eight forty-five, nine ninety, or one million one twenty-five. So seven, eight, nine, or over a million. Uh, I'm gonna have to go to with simplify nine ninety. Andy, I'm I'm going with eight forty five. I only remember this because it came out at the same time. I can't remember what else came out. What it was? Well, the P one came out at the same time. The LaFerrari came. It out. was the P one. Yeah, and they were, and this was specifically aimed at being cheaper than than those, and those were like nine something. So I'm going eight forty five. You are right on all counts. That is exactly, they were kind of undercutting the cost of the others, and 845 was Ooh, the MSRP. Nice work. All right. So, Andy answers first on this one, which is which of these, which is not a Porsche racing model? Because they've got all their models. There's a bunch of nines. There's a bunch of nines and I'm going to get it wrong. Okay, let's go. Bunch of nines. One of these is not a racing model. Is okay. it the 961, the 936, the 908, or the 996? God, so many nines. I have no idea. The 61, the 36, the 08, or the 96? 
It's the six one, the three six, the O eight, or the nine six. Nine six one, nine three six, nine zero eight, nine. The only one I, I, the nine three six doesn't sound familiar to me. So which one is not a Porsche racing model? Because three of them are a racing model and one is a road car. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Let's go with the nine oh eight. I'm guessing. Jeff, you said one is a road car and the rest are racing models. Racing models. So which one is not a racing model? Nine nine six. Yep, nine nine six. The nine nine six is the is the only uh, it's like a road car. They're like a ninety seven to uh, oh four. Oh, uh, Porsche nine eleven. Gotcha. Uh, Jeff, your dad has a Porsche. Is it 996? No, it's a 997. 997, okay. The hell is a 908 then? It's going to be a race car probably from the uh, 50s? I think it was a 70s if I remember correctly. Google, Google. You're right. I'm already already editing this one like crazy, so it's fine. 68? Yeah. Oh, this is. Okay. So the 908 is going to be what competed uh, the in 1968, uh, designed by Ferdinand Porsche. Uh, let's see, who did that one race against? I'm trying to think, is that just after the... Uh, uh, just after the Ford, Ford GT. GT. Yeah, so this is going to be after that, though. Yeah. Yeah, so it didn't race the Ford GT, but it, it it's what uh, came back right after. Mm. Well, they raced a 908. They had the 9081, 9082, 9083 up till 71. Then they kind of had one till 81. Weird. Okay. What was that? Okay, just a couple questions left. Uh, so I believe Jeff is first on this one. What does PCCB stand for on Porsche models? Does it stand for Porsche ceramic composite brake, Porsche carbon composite brake, or Porsche certified composite brakes? Or is it none of these? None of those. Andy, is it none? Is it none of these, or is it Porsche ceramic composite brakes, Porsche carbon composite brakes, or Porsche certified composite brakes? Or not? I'm I'm pretty sure it was backwards because, like, isn't it McLaren that uses carbon ceramic? I thought I thought they did it like they call it inverse. I want to say it's it's ceramic composite or ceramic. Is it ceramic composite or ceramic carbon? They have it as uh, those are separate. There, it's they're separate. Ceramic, oh, I got to pick one of them. Yeah, oh, fine. What's Porsche going to use? PCCB is it Porsche ceramic composite break? Composite break or none? I'm going to say ceramic composite. They're more refined than saying carbon. You got it. You're coming back. 
Delicious ceramic composite break. All right. Next question. What size engine? Uh, and I, uh, Jeff answered first, so I guess Andy's answering this one first, trying to keep track. What size engine? This is a 1996 Porsche 911 GT1 Strassenversion have? Boy, I don't know. So Strassenversion GT1. Okay, what are the options? It's either a 3.2 or 3.8 six-cylinder, 5.7 V8, or 6.2 V10. Can I get an answer first? Is that no, it? I believe you answered first on the last one. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Andy, you go. It's, it, it's, got, it's, it's not an eight. It's got to be a six-cylinder, I'm guessing. So if if you've if you think it's a six cylinder that leaves you with a three point two or a three point eight for a nineteen ninety six Porsche nine eleven GT one Strassen version, I gotta go with the trend and go smaller number. I gotta go three two. I gotta go exotic. Okay, so you're saying it's a three point two liter six cylinder. Sure. Three point eight. Op- the other option is three eight six cylinder five seven V eight or six two eight. Three eight. It's gotta be. It's gotta be a six. So three eight. Andy is on a roll. It is the 3.2 liter six cylinder version. Andy's Exotic. getting after it. Exotic. Jeez. Fucking weird numbers of Porsche. Roasted That's man. the trend. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're still ahead. I don't know about that. So according to my notes, I've run out of questions. <laughs> and Andy has nine. Jeff has 10. Oh, oh, oh. pretty close. Incredibly close. That like, is incredibly close. Yeah, they come from behind there, be. dude. He I really thought Jeff was going to, I thought that was going to be like 25% right for me. <laughs> no, and that that's pretty good of about 15. So you got about a 50%. Jeff got about a 70%, give or take. That'll do. I'll do. That was, that was pretty close. Yeah, I think I was right in between you guys when I took the the test too. I was like, uh, like like eight, I think, eight or nine. You got nine and a half. You were exactly between us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was actually really close. So our last uh, this this game was uh, was very close. So that's fun. We're actually getting a. Uh, I, I'm I'm guessing the next one will be the Volvo quiz. I just get the the, the vibe, and I, I'll I'll probably have we should probably have Andy administer. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll moderate that one because I will yeah. fail that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'll will that harder than I, I don't know anything about the Volvo except the S90 now. So <laughs> <laughs> I know like three things. Yeah, so I know nothing, Jon Snow. <sighs> yeah. I'm okay. Not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not up on my Game of Thrones, bro. <laughs> All right, I'll see how I record, how I, how I post this hour and a half. Maybe I'll just put the quizzes back to back or something. There you go. Quiz, quiz special. That could be. That could be fun. Yeah, you can call it the Inquisitor. Ah. You can have you can have a you can garage night off the rails and then a special Inquisition. 
right yeah i'll do something i'll do something like that'll be like this the garage night stream of consciousness <laughs> <laughs> so we got to do a new intro and outro right uh but i don't know what i'm gonna do with them um I might just I might just break in at the beginning and be like, hey, here's what we're actually going to do. So <laughs> we're going to go off book for a couple of weeks. That'll be fine. Um, we yeah, have so, no book. Um, well, let's let's close out anyway, and maybe I'll just cut and paste from other ones. I don't know if if we don't close it out properly, I'll get all weird. All right, well, <laughs> that sounds like a show to me. Um, Can so, confirm. Yeah, a lot of lot of fun. Uh let's uh let's not keep the the nice folks uh too much longer. So um that yeah, that'll bring us to the end of uh what, what seems to be our 36th episode of Garage Night. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Garage Night or email us at tinydogpodcastnetwork at outlook.com and also check out our other family of shows at tinydogpodcast.com. Feedback is always welcome in any of these avenues. And a quick rating or review on iTunes or wherever you found us does an amazing amount of good. Frantic scrolling trying to get the time. Oh, lunch. I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. Also, click through the Garage Night link at the Tiny Dog website to visit our beta Garage Night website. I'd like to think it's the alpha site, but okay. Yeah, it's, that's more accurate. Well, well, there's nothing about us that is not beta, let's be honest. <laughs> Bunch of fish. <laughs> <laughs> one of us is eating the other. <laughs> I got fin rot. Um, <laughs> oh God! Without any further ado, we would like to wish you all a very good night. Night, y'all. Good night, everybody. God damn. <laughs> God damn.